welcome to the Game Raven Review Podcast. My name is Henry J, and I'm joined by some of our talented writers to discuss the world of indie games. Let's start with Taz. How are you today? Dude, I am wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well, brother. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> we're off to a great start already. And Puppet, <laughs> how, are, how are you today? I'm good. My, my brain's a little mushy today, but it's going to be fun. So here we are. Yeah, full disclosure, we live in the uh, great Pacific Northwest, actually in the same town on the same street, blocks away from each other, which is kind of crazy. And uh, we got hit pretty hard by uh, what uh, we call Snowmageddon, which happens once a year. We get snow. It's not a lot of snow, but we get snow, and it shuts everything down. So we've been dealing with that all this weekend and on this uh, beautiful recording day, which is Monday. Um yeah, it's it's been great, especially if you work in food service like me. So <laughs> we are we are dealing with that, but we're happy to be here with you today. We're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. But before we get into our podcast, uh, we have a community day coming up and our Twitch grand reopening, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, it's coming up on Sunday, February 21st, which is this Sunday. And we're going to have uh, Discord Community Games. They begin at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we're going to review, we're going to have a reviewer multiplayer stream. And that's at 9 p.m. Pacific and midnight Eastern. And uh, Taz, you can fill us in a little bit more on our community day. Crap. Hold on. Because you were going to talk about it. Right. Hold on, my brain is also mush. My bad, my bad. Hold on, I'm leaving all of this in. No, is there is there information for this stuff? Wait, that I can, what? That I can uh -huh. read. There's going to be all kinds of really fun stuff that they'll do on our Twitch channel, including, uh, you know, interviews with indie devs and also side by side playalongs with them. Um, they're going to be playing their games with the developers. Um, and that's going to be really cool because, you know, before we had interviews where we could just kind of sit and talk about the game, but there's something about playing the game alongside developers that opens up a lot more discussion. So um, we're pretty excited to have that part of our Twitch um, develop a little bit further. And of course, we'll still have our writers roosts and some, you know, fun multiplayer. Uh, days with a lot of our writers um and you know just have a great time so again that is uh sunday february 21st that's coming up here and uh we're gonna have a great kickoff so please join us for some games and fun and everything and i'll be there signing autographs uh let's get into <laughs> what <laughs> Let's let's talk about what we're playing uh, this week. We play a ton of games, both indie and non-indie. So let's start with Puppet. What are you playing this week? Oh my gosh. I started playing Little Nightmares 2, like everybody else, it seems. And I am loving it. It is... I, I did not know I, what I was in for. And for those of you who have not had a chance to play it yet, I'm not going to, you know, give you a lot of spoilers, but there's some really creepy enemies this time around. Honestly, like I think that Little Nightmares 2 is more frightening than the first one, to be honest. And I'm loving it. And Taz, you're playing this too. Yeah. Yeah. I just started uh, Saturday. Yes. 
So Little Nightmares 2, pretty great. Uh, I am also, tonight, um, we are playing Don't Starve Together with um, with people on my uh, channel, on my Twitch channel. And I'm super excited about that. Um because we're playing with people from uh, around the world, somebody from Australia, somebody from Scotland, and somebody from the Philippines, and it's just going to be a great time. So really excited. I love Don't Starve, and um, Don't Starve Together is just a hoot if you have enough people. So I think we're going to have six people. Um, We're trying to figure out a mod so we can get a little bit more in there, Um, and it's just going to be crazy making. So (laughs) I'm really excited about it. Very nice. Taz, you're playing uh, Little Nightmares 2? I am also playing Little Nightmares 2 also. Very any, excited for it. Yes. Any Anything else? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm still, you know, I'm still playing some Dual Links. I'm still playing one of the greatest MMOs of all time, Star Wars The Old Republic. Um, and uh, it's a little bit better than uh, Final Fantasy 14, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm playing. Nothing too, nothing too crazy. Uh, I don't want to start. I don't like starting anything like that's too demanding because I feel like I'll get like hours into it and I'll just stop playing. But keeping things a little bit casual lately has been pretty nice. Yeah, I've kind of taken a step back from. Uh, I'm gonna let that Final Fantasy 14 dig go because everybody who listens <laughs> to this knows that that is not the case. Um, I I really not have felt. I don't know the drive to play video games lately. I don't know what it is. Um, I've been playing Super Mega Baseball three, and that's that's been exciting. Uh, it's probably the best baseball game I've played in a long time. Best sports game I've played in a long time. It's a lot of fun, but it's like I, I haven't played games in a couple of days. It's kind of weird. I don't I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, I, I think I might need to uh, to get a healthy dose of of retro gaming. Um, to, to kind of get back my mojo a little bit for playing games, but I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the weather. Maybe it's all the snow. Maybe it's uh, because uh, a seasonal affective disorder. I don't know. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it uh, as as far as what I'm what I'm ingesting. But I I do want to bring up something uh, uh, indie game adjacent. Um, as of today, as of Monday the fifteenth, when we're recording this podcast. There are, looking at the Steam charts, there are four what you could consider indie games in the top 10 right now. And one of them is uh, is the top, actually the top two are the best-selling games on Steam right now. Uh, the first one is Valheim, which is taking the world by storm, apparently, uh, as, of, as of this recording. Everybody's jumping on the Valheim train. It seems like it's a pretty cool, like open world survival game you craft stuff it's like viking themed you get to be a viking and build a hut build a town and all that stuff and then uh little nightmares 2 is the second top seller so good good week for indie games sweet absolutely i'm loving this i'm loving it i'm i'm seeing a, a shift definitely people are are more into indie games than they ever have been and i'm i'm super happy i'm loving it yeah, it's pretty neat. Uh, Phasmophobia is on there, Raft, and of course, uh, our favorite indie game, Cyberpunk 2077. So, <laughs> pretty, pretty excited about that. Yikes. So yeah, big, big, <laughs> big week for indie games, for sure. Very cool. Well, coming up next is our main topic 
Uh, We kind of talked a little bit about this last week. We did a deep dive into how Among Us became um, huge, basically. One of the biggest games of 2020. And this week we're going to talk about games that kind of made the leap, made the crossover leap into into the bright lights, into the main event, as you would say, but kind of uh, faltered once they got there. So stick around. Welcome to the main segment of the Game Raven Review Podcast. Today we're going to continue our conversation about indies that went big. And uh, this week we're focusing on a couple of games that had a rough transition from their indie roots to the main stage of popularity. I wrote that intro and I don't like it now that it's come out of my mouth, but it's too late now. So, <laughs> so let's start. Let's start with Puppet because you alluded to a game last week called Ooblets, which I've never heard of until you brought it up. And I know that you feel very passionately about this game and uh and its journey. So um I th- I think we're gonna we're gonna start the segment off with you. Yes. I learned about this game, let me see, I think in 2018 to be honest, I think. Um at um at PAX. And I went to a, a um a panel because when I do PAX, I always do my panels. I love them. And it was about cozy games and um, like there was a developer from, you know, Night in the Woods there and a couple others that are pretty popular indie cozy games. And the developer, um, Rebecca, uh, one of them, uh, she developed a game called Ooblets alongside her husband, Ben. And it is such an, an adorable game. And I have to be honest, I haven't, I, I got to play the demo, but I have not actually played the full game because of everything that has happened with it. And I'll get into all of that in just a moment. But Ooblets is this adorable little farming game. And it's kind of like if you took Stardew and Pokemon and you mix them all together and these little cute characters have dance battles and like, it's just super wholesome and adorable and i was really excited about it and i was super lucky to um actually meet and talk to rebecca although she probably would never remember because there's tons of people at pax um but i just remember she was so cute and i she was one of the first women developers i met actually and i was just really excited to meet her and she was showing me her game and they were just so excited and i was really excited so fast forward to 2019, um, when they announced, um, you know, who would be publishing the game and everything. And um, it was early August, actually August 1st. Um, they announced that Ooblets would be an Epic Games Store exclusive. And a lot of people were not happy about that at all. Um, and honestly, I mean, I ha- I haven't played a whole lot of Epic epic games um video games yet um but taz you have so can you tell us like a little bit about why why people might have been so freaking upset about this agreement between ooblets and epic games yeah so i was like day one i was like looking through twitter and i was seeing the news about it um pretty much kind of what happened is uh, because Epic Games Store launched on 2018 to be a competitor retailer 
against Steam, who's been around since 2003. Um, so a PC game realtor, um, they wanted exclusive games. They, they had all this money. So they're like, yo, we're going we're gonna to grab some exclusives. But the th- I think at the time, it was like a timed exclusive thing, which frustrated people more. It's it, it, They did a similar thing with Borderlands 3. I know it's a AAA game, but in terms of they did a similar thing where we're going to buy, we're going to purchase exclusivity on this game, on Borderlands 3, on Ooblets, and then it'll be released to other platforms in a year. So that kind of left out a, like a lot of different people who thought it was going to be provided for everyone um, on every platform, but it, it, it was not. People got to enjoy it first before anybody else did if they didn't have like a PC and, or refused to get Epic Games. Um, and there was a lot of flack. There was a lot of, a lot of threats, a lot of bad things, and doing some reading... Uh, I read that like the developers didn't really handle that also very well either. Yeah, they came out with a state. And so, okay, so the, the first misstep that they did, uh, you could argue it might not have been a misstep. In my opinion, when they signed on with Epic Games, that's their choice. Like, they're developers, they make a choice. That's what they felt was best for them in their journey. That's great. Um, but a lot of people don't agree with that. So kind of kind of a misstep happened. They made it a little worse when they um they let everybody know about the announcement and it the, uh, the so it was it was Ben who um wrote the announcement and he felt like in his announcement it was like um kind of it was just straightforward. They're like, we signed on with Epic and because this is a business, whatever. And a lot of people read that and took it as kind of um, demeaning or like um, making everybody feel dumb, I guess. Like they uh, they were just like, well, you don't know business and that's why you're upset. Like you, like you just don't get it. And um, people were just not happy about the tone of the announcement. And then it just got worse um, because people started sending both of them threats. And there was a lot of um, sexist things said to Rebecca and their discord blew up with all kinds of like terrible, terrible spam from people. And um, I mean, even 4chan got on it and it they were just harassing these people. Um, and the way that they responded to that harassment was not the best, not the best either. Cause um, he, you know, was trying to joke around about the language related to the criticisms of Epic games. And again, started to demean, it, it could be read in a way that was very demeaning toward gamers who had the opinion, who had certain opinions about Epic games and so on. It was a huge mess. It was a huge freaking mess. And it's I wanted to bring it up because it's just a classic story of um, a small game. Everybody's really excited about it. And just some of the little missteps that they made along the way and how they responded to the public and um, how it just like for me, this was a game I was really excited about. And then to watch the way in which everything was handled kind of took that spark away from me in a way. And like, I'm not really like, I don't begrudge them for their choice at all. 
Um, I think that they made the best choice for them. But everything that happened after, I just am disappointed in everyone. <laughs> like, I'm disappointed in, in you know, this toxic culture in gaming and this toxic culture in general, like in social media. You know, when when a creator does something that people don't agree with and they just completely harass them. Like, I just, I'm disappointed in my fellow, you know, gamers. I'm disappointed in the way that, like, uh, the developers kind of responded. And I just, it just makes me sad. It's a sad story. But I, I still, I, so I I haven't played the game yet, I think, because I just have a lot of feelings around it. Um, Taz, do you want to say anything else about how what you saw and how you what you thought about it uh yeah no it was definitely like there yeah i can see where and i saw like the post like the the kind of condescending tone in response to all these kind of like people's opinions and like people's disappointment and something that they were looking forward to and like super excited for probably somewhat invested in like in one way or one shape or another um, and to just be like, you know, screwed out of being able to actually play it because I and I and I understand it's a business deal for sure. And like, you know, you know, get your money, do whatever. But um, it's. You kind of have to like prepare people for that. You kind of have to. It's not really a big announcement that should be excited because it kind of is just like a hey. A lot of people have been looking forward to this game, but it'll only be available for these people first. Which is like, you know, it's so it's kind of a kind of a messy deal. Um, Whole year to wait a whole year to be able to play the game if you're not, you know, signed signed on with whatever you need to like. That's that's a long time. That's a long time. The game is so so the game I'm looking at the epic page right now. The game is still in early access, gets a full release July 15th, 2020. Oh, no, no, it came out on 2020, July 20. My bad. But it's still in early yeah. access and it's only on Epic Games and Xbox. That's it. Yeah. And for me, like, you know, I play the Switch primarily and the, and the PC and so on. Like, I'm I don't know. I'm I'm just very sad because I think I would. I loved I loved this game. I loved it, and yet I can't. I can't play it, and I haven't been able to for years now. I've been waiting for this game for years, and it's just—it's just sad. It just makes me sad and disappointed. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't know how to transition out of my sadness. So, um, <laughs> Taz, <Is> tell. <laughs> yeah, right. Just tell us about tell us about other missteps of other indie games. Yeah. So. I have a couple examples. Uh, I think I'll let Henry talk about. I'll, I'll lead Henry into about um, the the game he knows I'm talking about because he's actually played it and I have not. Um, one of the first games I want to talk about is Mighty Number no. Nine. And if you've ever heard this game, this was supposed to be like the next generation Mega Man. Okay, and it was on Kickstarter. It was developed by um, Level Five Concept and Inti creates. They've made a lot of different games, um, and a a lot. And it was a classic. Here is what the game is, and then upon release, here's what the game actually is. Um, your classic, 
we're going to touch up everything in like promos, but like downgrade it once it's actually released. Um, again, it was like on the Kickstarter. And when it finally released, even for backers, um, the game was still worth $60. It had a it was an indie game that had a triple A price for lack of replayability. The levels weren't as fun as they thought. It was kind of boring. I've played it. I got it for free for like a PS plus like free game of the month. Um, so for free, it was a great game. But for 60 whole dollars at the time of release, I wouldn't say so. So one, yeah, upon release, everyone just like was like, what? What is this? What is this nonsense? But then, you know, Capcom came in with Mega Man 11 like a year later and was just like, nah, that like we're not about that. Here's our game. Here's something you actually enjoy. So it kind of flopped a little bit by a lot. <laughs> um, and it's just it, it's it's sad to see, you know, it's like all these people, like, you know, especially a Kickstarter, like you can physically put in money, but like you know, like Kickstarter, like different, different, different tiers of how much you donate can give you some stuff. I don't know specifically what happened, but I, some people were complaining that in no way were they able to like have the price be lowered because they donated money. They couldn't get a discount or anything. It was just 60 bucks and it was kind of a cash grab at that point, you know? Um, but that's, that's based on my later research. So I played mm-hmm. the game. It's fun. It's okay. I think it's now worth like, I think you can purchase it for, let's see, it's six out of 10 on Steam. All reviews mixed. Uh, you can get it on Steam for $20, which seems still like a more fair bucks. price. Yeah, but still 20 bucks though. But the reviews, if you go through the review page on Steam, like a bunch of them are just like hard red down thumb. And just like, nah. So. I'm going to push up my nerd glasses here. And uh, the reason why people said that this was going to be like the next Mega Man was because it was produced by Keiji Inafune, who worked at Capcom. And he worked on a bunch of Mega Man titles as a character. He he's the character designer of Mega Man. So um, he also produced a bunch of Mega Man games. He did the Battle Network games. He did some of the uh, X-Series games. He did, uh, he was the illustrator on Mega Man Soccer. Wait, what? There's a soccer game? Oh, yeah, for the Super Nintendo. I rented it from, uh, from Game Crazy, I'm sure, or something like that. Um, <laughs> I miss Game Crazy. <laughs> he was also the producer of Dead Rising as well. And, uh, Zelda the Minish Cap, he was a producer on that game. So, yeah, he's been around forever. Um, ever since what, when was his first game? Uh, 1987, he was the graphic designer on the original Street Fighter, not Street Fighter 2, the original Street oh, Fighter. Wow. And uh, and Mega Man was his kind of his first works. So he's been uh, a force in the, in the in the video game world for a very long time. If you're an old yeah. man like me, you would know uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least the name. But yeah, that's that's why people were so excited about this game was that Capcom was kind of dropping the ball with Mega Man at the time. And so people thought that Mighty Number no. Nine was going to come in and kind of run with the torch of old school Mega Man, and uh, it definitely did not. It's <laughs> kind of the first high-profile Kickstarter crash and burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, what a resume! What a credibility to be like, "Yo, next gen Mega Man," and then charge sixty bucks to have it be mediocre. 
overhyped. Well, I mean, who who knows? I don't really know the development history. I kind of remember when it came out, um, and it was vastly disappointing to a lot of people. Um, that that was that was it was huge news, but I don't know why. What what happened? What what broke down there with Mighty Number no. Nine for it to become um, a bad game, if you want to call it that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I've I've never really been a Mega Man guy either, so it wasn't really on my radar. Um, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no, it's like I never been like when I played it, I pl- I played through the whole thing in like two days, and it's fun. It's okay. It's a nice little platformer. Is it? Cha- I think I played that sucker on hard mode, and it was still like, eh, it was not bad. It wasn't terrible. I lived, um, but it, it I don't think it had any like continued like development post launch um any updates or anything i think people just like left it straight like they they left it as is and simply over time throughout all the criticism they just lowered the price to kind of make it what you like you get what you pay for type situation as opposed to a whole triple a price tag yeah that makes sense i mean why dump resources into this game that's like critically been dragged through the mud you know (laughs) (laughs) so yeah sad sad times that was going to be a uh that was going to be something there a lot of people are hyped for mighty number nine um another game you have on the list is no man's sky which i have played i was a a day one purchaser of no man's sky really yes and i remember so it came out I want to say it came out in 2016. Is that I don't have it pulled up here. I should probably uh, do that before I start talking about this game because I do <laughs> enjoy it now. I do enjoy playing No Man's Sky now. It's actually installed on my computer as we speak. Um, when did it come out? It was August produced 9th, by 2016. Okay, it was produced and published by Hello Games. They're very small. They're a very small company. I saw a a photo of them, like a team photo, and there's like maybe 30 people. It's kind of insane like how small the team is for how grand this game is i'm sure we've all we, we don't need to get into the ins and outs of no man's sky i'm sure you know i'm sure everybody has heard of it or at least have uh have has read about it so basically the long and short of it is you explore the galaxy and everything's procedurally generated and you're in a world with all of the other players who are playing the game at the same time so you're all kind of discovering this universe together and you may run into people like that was a thing it's like you may run into other people or you may run into stuff that somebody else has found and has uh has has plotted and things like that it had all these big high um just insane things that it was going to do and it was going to change the whole gaming landscape blah 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 so it comes out and uh all of it was pretty (laughs) half-baked dang oh man and it was just a boring ass game it was boring to play and i remember it because it was right when i first started getting into streaming and so i remember streaming the game i streamed it for like two days until i realized that it's it's not the best and um, I couldn't return it because I, I played more than two hours of it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I couldn't return it. So I was like, oh, what do I do? And then like, yeah, the I mean, the reviews were coming out and people are just really, really pissed off 
about this game because it was a full full price game and you know there's nothing there i i want to say that there was performance issues on like the playstation 4 side of things and it was it was just kind of a wreck but hello games could have rolled over like a mighty number nine or like kind of like what cyberpunk 2777 is doing now and being like it's your problem you know like yeah yeah and blame everybody but themselves but they uh they you know put their nose to the grindstone they got their ass in gear and they started updating the game and updating it and updating it and every time the press would uh are surrounding the update would be like hey it's pretty good like this game is getting good like they're they're implementing these things that people want or that were promised that didn't show up in the initial uh, launch of the game and it, for years it was like games getting better games getting better and then one day and uh an update came out and it was like okay the game's good <laughs> like it's a good it's a good game now you know and yeah. um I'm and they kind this. of they, they oh, redeemed themselves basically yeah. uh hello games like you know they didn't they didn't roll over and put the game at ten dollars and be like all right we're done and pull the plug on it they were like no this is we spent a long time on this people don't like playing our game so we're gonna kind of rework it so and listen to the community and listen to input and put what people actually want into the game and they've done that now and it it is really fun it is a very fun game especially with friends uh it, it, it's a game i recommend and it wasn't that way five years ago that's so crazy the five-year kind of development cycle and i remember like no man's sky like 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 kind of like ooplets like the heat of that lasted a month and then people just forgot about it um mighty number nine same kind of situation like oh this is kind of our reality now so this sucks but like no man's sky's whole journey in press in marketing in development has been a journey to kind of think about and not take lightly um and something definitely other developers can learn to like you know cd project red um that there is redemption you know there is that um I'm looking at there's you know No Man's Sky on Steam right now. All reviews, which which are there there are a lot. It's almost like one. It's one hundred thousand no one hundred forty seven thousand reviews. All reviews are mixed, but in the recent reviews, about fifteen hundred, it's very positive. Um, it's actually fifty percent off right now on Steam, um, and they even have VR support. There you go. There you freaking go. You got a got a you got a Valve you know HTC Vive have fun um but it's definitely something that has has r- risen like you said to to actually be good and you've you've you played the sucker five years ago day one sucked you play it now and it's a good game yeah you know, it's it is night and day um i'm scraping this directly from wikipedia in 2018 uh the the producer of the game uh said that the period following No Man's Sky release was difficult for him and the studio due to the backlash, which included multiple death threats and bomb threats. Oh my god. Wow. Um, they had to be in constant contact with Scotland Yard because of that. Um, Yikes. Yeah. That I yeah. Same kind of response too with Ooblets and everything, just all of the threats and stuff. It seems to me like, you know, there's a common thread between all of these is like I mean with Ooblets. It's it's as far as I've seen, it's a it's a great game. You know, it's fully finished and whatever. It's still in early access, but like 
it's a good game, but the climb to the top is perilous, you know, and there's a lot of different places you can, you can misstep as a developer. And it's important to look at these games and see, you know, where, where did they go wrong and how did they climb out of that? And um, I actually didn't, I didn't know the story of No Man's Sky until you just told me all of that. And so it's, um, it's encouraging to know that there's some kind of redemption for sure. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of missteps that can happen in many different ways, whether it's with a contract or if it's with the actual game itself or whatever. It's a it's a dangerous world out there. But I'm I commend indie developers who climb their way and make it through and, uh, you know, still still value the creativity and the and the love that they put into their games um, along the way. I also feel like this is kind of uncharted territory. Like the video games industry hasn't really had to deal with anything that we've discussed uh, so far on the podcast. Like it's kind of a case by case basis. Indie games didn't really exist, what, 12 years ago, 15 years ago now? Like the, the Xbox 360 was kind of like the genesis of an indie game, right? So um, when a publisher put 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 a game out in the past it sucked like let's say south park chef's love shack for the sega dreamcast you know you just kind of (laughs) wipe your hands of it and you're like whatever people bought the game that's their fault and we move on right we're we're untouchable but now it's this is you know in the case of ooblets this is people's passion project they're just regular people making a game as a hobby or uh, No Man's Sky, small team, they want to do something big and it crumbles. Or Mighty Number no. 9, uh, industry, a person who's well-regarded in the industry trying to strike out on their own and faltering. All of these things haven't really happened before. But I feel like, you know, it, indie games kind of being snapped up by big publishers, signing exclusive agreements, th- that stuff has not happened before. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I had no point. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's interesting to to circle back to what you mentioned earlier in our podcast today. Um, You said that, you know, there are how many indie games in the top, you know, games on Steam right now and how popular indie games are getting and how quickly these small games are growing. And so we're going to be seeing a lot, a lot more of these. And um, I just I just my heart is for these little indie developers that when they jump into the ocean of of all of it that they they have some floaties with them because uh they're they're gonna need it and we're gonna see yeah we're just gonna see a lot more for sure well i think we've talked long enough this week (laughs) (laughs) this is how i'm going to segue into the closing of the podcast (laughs) this has been a uh this has been a wacky one so i uh yeah, thanks for sticking with us for sure. <laughs> and thanks so much for tuning in to the Game Raven Review podcast. I have been Henry J, and you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at SuperHenry64, where I stream indie games every Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Taz, where can people find you? You can find me at TazTDevil3 on any platform you can find. Um, I I stream indie games on Wednesdays, uh, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And Puppet, where can people find you? 
I am Puppet Master N, that's Puppet Master E-N, and I'm on Twitter and Twitch and Instagram and Facebook and all of those fun things. Um, on Twitch, I stream indie horror uh, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And on Mondays, I have multiplayer Mondays uh, with all my good friends at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So come come join us. Have some fun. And it also, uh, hold on, damn. And as always, find us on Twitter and our brand new revamped Twitch channel at Game Raven Review, and of course GameRavenReview.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic week. And we are done. Awesome. I think I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs>